0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 7, 13 through 29, called Enter by the Narrow Gate. Now here's two
1: Followers, we just looked at two trees. Now we're looking at two followers. You could say true and false followers. Verses 21 through 23. If you're taking notes and you're trying to kind of keep track with the portions here, two types of followers, true and false. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, now that's a double profession of allegiance. We learned that the word Lord, Kyrios, means my master, my king, uh, the one I, I am committed to. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who's in heaven. And then these scary verses. Many will say to me on that day, probably the scene of a final judgment day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? I take it the name of Jesus. And in your name, cast out demons and in your name, perform many miracles. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. And all God's people said, Gulp, (laughs) Who, who is this? And let me ask you a question. Do you have a spiritual resume that compares to what these people just said? Have you cast out demons? Do you prophesy all the time? Have you done many miracles in Christ's name? Hmm. Well, this makes us wonder, well, who exactly is this? Well, two things we know about this group. One, look at verse 23. They never had a relationship with Christ, never. I never knew you. And number two, they practice lawlessness. The regular lifestyle of these people is not to love God and love other people. They practice a life of no love of God and no love of people, but they have impressive looking works. Do you know that Judas Iscariot went out as they were sent out two by two, Matthew chapter 10, and apparently Judas was not only preaching the gospel of the kingdom, but perhaps he even performed some miracles. Maybe he laid hands on the sick. Jesus sent them out to do those specific things and gave them power, and they came back rejoicing, as you remember. Did Judas do some miracles? In the last days, there'll be lying signs and wonders. There'll be a false prophet, we're told in the book of Revelation. So, it takes some discernment to know. How many of us know that we've turned on a television set before and seen a guy in a white suit apparently doing miracles left and right, up and down? They only happen from seven to nine with the right stage, the right lighting, and you've got to have the white suit on, right? And so we've wondered, well, is that the type of person that will end up on that day and say, I did all of these incredible things in your name? Now, here's, here's a story that will maybe you'll find this interesting. So we knew a, a gentleman years ago, a wonderful saint who's been, since gone home to be with the Lord. And he said he was in a parking lot and he was at one of these events that a friend wanted to go to. And some of the people that were the plants there, they were the actors in the show, we were out in the parking lot talking. And they had oxygen tanks that they didn't need, wheelchairs that they didn't need to sit in. They stood perfectly fine. They didn't have breathing problems. But someone said, oh, it's about to start. And they said, oh, the show's about to start again. And then they got into character again. And you think, wow, that's sad. But you know, it does happen. I have a friend. We have a long history together. He's been a missionary. He's, he pastors a church today. This is a very reliable source. He said a a loved one of his, a family member, went to one of these events, which we would critique pretty hard and say, "Uh, it looks like it's phony. And they were sitting in the audience, never went forward, nothing. They had a pretty severe medical situation and the Lord healed the person while they were sitting there. They never went forward, never got prayed over by the evangelist, And I was like, really? And he goes, yeah, doesn't that just blow up all your thoughts about how we judge things? And here's the point. God honored that person's faith even while they were sitting in an event that might have had some phony stuff in it. you see my point? God is sovereign. But apparently there are gonna be many people on that day with very impressive spiritual uh, resumes in more what we might call the charismatic gifts, like healings and miracles and casting out of demons, which we would say, those could be really good things. And Jesus empowered his uh, disciples to do such things. And yet he's, he'll say, I don't know you. Luke 6, 46 will ring familiar. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? These people never had a relationship with Jesus I never knew you, and they practice a lifestyle of lawlessness, which should clarify for us who these people are. They're phony. They're charlatans, and I pray that none of you will unnecessarily lose sleep over these verses because anyone who's sincerely trying to walk with the Lord with all of our struggles and stuff, this is not who Jesus is talking about. He's talking about a phony person who never intended to walk with them, but they have a religious resume. Remember the Jewish exorcist in Acts 19? They said uh, to a demon-possessed person, I adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches, come out of him, seven sons of Sceva. And the evil spirit answered and said, I know Jesus and I know about Paul, but who are you? <laughs> and if you remember the story, the demon-possessed person gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house uh, not in really good shape. So when someone doesn't know Jesus, they truly don't know his power. They practice lawlessness. 1 Corinthians 13, the opening verses of that famous section says, you can, you can even be a martyr. You can have your body burned, but if you don't have love, you are nothing. You can speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but if you don't have love it profits you nothing. Love is the foundation of a true disciple. Jesus said, they'll know that you belong to me by your love one for another. Not that you can impress people with whatever it is you do. And and think of one more thing and we'll move on. In Matthew 25, when Jesus separates the sheep from the goats, the sheep, the righteous, are surprised at his commendation of them. He says to them, I was hungry and you fed me. I was naked and you clothed me, etc. And the righteous respond and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry? And there's a humility about them. They're kind of surprised that the Lord has taken note of what they did. And he says famously at the end of that, enter into the joy of your master. But the non-righteous or the goats here have to go over their resume. Hey, we did this, we did that. Remember when we did this, we did that in your name. And that's the contrast between the two. Now, we're winding down. We're gonna look at now two houses, verses 24 through 27. Therefore, two houses. Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them may be compared to a wise man who built his house upon the rock. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew storm-like conditions burst against that house, yet it did not fall. It had been founded upon the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act upon them, he'll be like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. The rain descended, same storm. Floods came, winds blew, burst against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Another warning about a cataclysmic fall or collapse. Uh, Claudia Rizzi sent me a video. It was from some years back, and there was a hurricane that hit Florida and Alabama and some of those places. Winds hit 160 miles per hour. And in Mexico Beach, Florida, it leveled all these houses that were basically on the beach, and one house survived. It, it, It stayed standing and so they wanted to know what happened. And, and this guy had a vacation home there, and I don't know, remember his name, but he had reinforced everything and kind of went above and beyond the building code with reinforcing his windows and hurricane windows and all that stuff. And, and they show some footage, and he's looking out from his balcony. All these houses have been leveled, and his house stood because he reinforced everything for a hurricane. 160 mile an hour winds. You know what the name of the hurricane was? Michael. <laughs> I know. That doesn't really mean anything, does it? Shouldn't mean anything. <laughs> Got a bad rap. So imagine that you are driving down a cul-de-sac and it was a brand new development of houses. And let's say that you see two houses. Next to one another, and they're brand new and they've got all these sparkling appliances and exterior paint and all this stuff. And let's just say that they're both they're track homes and they both look the same. But you find out that they've been built on two different foundations. Everything else looks the same on the outside, but one guy built upon rock and the other guy built upon, let's just say dirt or sand. And looking at it from the outside, you might say beautiful, they follow the same blueprint. Uh, everything looks good. Everything's impressive. Maybe they're the same price. But then you get some inside information and you find out, and let's just say you lived at Mexico Beach. One guy went above and beyond with the foundation and hurricane-proofed his home, and the other guy, eh, took some shortcuts. In Luke's version of this, Jesus says there's one man who dug deep. He did the hard work. He went through the narrow road. And another guy, he, he didn't really dig deep. He 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 kind of just did the the quick thing and kind of ignored the instructions, etc. The two houses stand on On a sunny day. You wouldn't know the difference. You know when you'll know the difference? When the storm comes. And the storm could be persecution and affliction and trouble. We've certainly been through some of that in the last couple of years, right? And we watched a little bit of how the professing church responded to some of these difficulties. But scholars argue that the storm probably points to the final day of judgment when the storm of God's judgment will reveal who's been built on Christ the rock and who was built on sand. And Jesus, when he tells a a later parable of the wheat and the tares, he says, let them grow up together until the time of the harvest and then we'll know the wheat from the tare.
0: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Merry
2: Christmas from Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team.
1: We're so grateful to all of our partners who partner with Walk in Truth.
2: Now we're excited to tell you, this month we have begun broadcasting in San Diego. So if you're listening from there, welcome. We hope that this teaching is a blessing to you. So now we're on two radio stations in Southern California. One in Northern California in the Bay Area, Arizona, Idaho, Utah, and two in Georgia. Reaching people from all walks of life and faiths. In addition, we have listeners all over the world, like in South Africa, Nepal, Australia, the United Kingdom, Pakistan, and Israel, thanks to our podcast. The point is, the hope of the gospel is getting around.
1: And if you've been listening for a while, you know that I rarely do this, and I'm not necessarily even comfortable asking for finances, but the reality is that this program has to pay for radio airtime and what we do, and it's a blessing to partner with what you believe in, with the gospel ministry that hopefully has been a blessing. To you.
2: If that's you, would you please consider giving an end of the year tax deductible donation? Please give a one time gift on behalf of you, your family, or business. You can help us pay for airtime for the radio station or podcast app you listen to. Visit walkintruth.com and click on donate. That's walkintruth.com. Click donate.
0: We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook or Instagram just do a search for in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on in Truth.
1: And the storm could be persecution and affliction and trouble. We've certainly been through some of that in the last couple of years, right? And we watched a little bit of how the professing church responded to some of these difficulties. But scholars argue that That the storm probably points to the final day of judgment when the storm of God's judgment will reveal who's been built on Christ the rock and who was built on sand. And Jesus, when he tells a a later parable of the wheat and the tares, he says, let them grow up together until the time of the harvest and then we'll know the wheat from the tare. The two houses look the same. These speak of two lives. Every one of the metaphors is pointing to people here. And they look the same. They have so much in common. But one built according to a divine blueprint. And the sandman built his house on a foolish foundation. And he was revealed for what he truly was when the storm came. That's really all that's gonna matter. I don't care about fooling people because that's a waste of time. I don't care about putting on shows because in the end that doesn't matter. I just wanna know when the storm comes, that he will keep me from falling. And the promise in Jude, I think it's the last verse of Jude says, he'll keep you from stumbling on that day. All you gotta do is build on the right foundation. He'll take care of the rest. Now, when Jesus uh, had finished his teaching, notice the final two verses, the result was that when Jesus finished these words or the Sermon on the Mount specifically, the multitudes were amazed or astonished at his teaching. For he was teaching them as one having authority, not as their scribes. How many times does Jesus say, You've heard it said of old, but I say? How many times have you just heard in this little section, I will say to you, I never knew you? Uh, he, he goes on and on with exclusive, authoritative claims like have never been made in the history of the world. Who would say such things? I don't know you, so you're not getting in. I am the way. I am the truth. Your relationship to him, according to the sermon, means everything. Jesus doesn't care if you're astonished by it. He wants to know if you're going to enter. Amen? That's been the invitation. And this is sometimes what we do. A sermon gets preached, and people walk outside the church, and maybe it was a good... Sermon with authority because the word of God is filled with authority and we kind of have our arm around somebody and we're like, oh, that was good wasn't it? That was good. Good, good. Knuckles, knuckles. Yeah, good sermon. Good sermon. I heard this story about a pastor. He invited this guy from Scotland, Scottish pastor. He came as a, a visiting pastor to preach. Pastor of the home church sat in the front row. The Guy preaches a powerful sermon, calls people to repentance and afterwards, the home pastor says, great sermon, brother. Good job. And he says, thank you for saying that but now... What are you going to do with it? And he said that to the pastor. <laughs> Come on now. See, this is the deal. Jesus wasn't impressed when people were astonished by him. Later on, he's going to astonish people by making falafels. No, just kidding. It's <laughs> Sorry, Lord. It's bread and fish. You know the story. And people are going to say, he makes lunch on demand. Incredible. Who cares? Have you entered into life? Jesus says, don't labor for the food that perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life. These are the words of O'Donnell. He says it better than I could, but I think Jesus' sermon and his actions may cause us to say, who is this man? Who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Who is he that makes claims like this and backs them up? It's one thing to make a claim. It's another to back it up. This is O'Donnell. He says, if the world's most renowned heart surgeon tells us we need a heart surgery, as soon as possible, we take her at her word. If our company's top computer guru tells us the problem with our computer is related to a certain virus, he explains how to remove it we heed his advice. The argument that the Bible gives for theological exclusivity uses the same line of logic. If Jesus is the unique son of God, who created and sustains the universe, who came to earth as a man, who performed miracles, especially rising from the dead, and if what he taught and did was predicted by the prophets and attested by apostolic eyewitnesses, then what he says about entrance into the kingdom of heaven is trustworthy. And it would be good if we heed what he says. Amen? One other writer puts it this way. To sum it all up, Jesus repeatedly points out two things. The necessity of choosing whether to follow God or not. The fact that there are two choices and only two. There are two gates, the narrow and the wide. Two ways, the narrow and the broad. Two destinations, life and destruction. Two groups, the few and the many. Two kinds of trees, the good and the bad which produced two kinds of fruit, the good and the bad. Two kinds of people who profess faith in Jesus Christ, the sincere and the false. Two kinds of builders, the wise and the foolish. Two foundations, the rock and the sand. Two houses, the secure and the insecure. In all preaching, there must be the demand for a verdict. This is what Jesus makes crystal clear. Enter by the narrow gate. Amen? Father, thank you for This time together and these poignant words, Jesus, that you preached on this particular occasion, they have rung through the corridors of time. They have the ring of the king because they were proclaimed by the authoritative God in human flesh. The God-man who came and moved and lived among us, lived the perfect life, predicted his own death and resurrection, fulfilled the prophet said destroy my body and in three days I will raise it again and did it and on this we bank our destiny Lord on this gate that you've made a way you've provided you are the gate to life we come thank you for making a way you didn't have to you could have started over you could have destroyed us all And yet you came on a saving mission to provide the way. You are the way. You came in love. You came on mission. You came to save. And the only reason I'm in the kingdom today is because you pursued me, showed me your love, revealed your truth. And I pray, Lord, that as our generation considers the words of Christ afresh, as everyone Every generation must. We realize, Lord, that these words call us to make a decision. And I know this room and those who are watching, it's filled with many, many people who have already decided. They're in the kingdom. And all we can say is thank you, Lord. Thank you for purchasing our citizenship, for opening up the way. You are the way. And and the price has been paid. And we want to build our lives on that solid foundation we want to remember that we're saved by grace through faith it's not of ourselves but we receive it nonetheless by faith and faith trusts, but faith also acts faith alone saves but saving faith will never be alone it will produce fruit and that fruit we want to be to your glory father
0: You've been listening to Enter by the Narrow Gate, Part 3, on Walk in Truth. That was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew seven thirteen through 29 And if you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is always available on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many other podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. And would you please tell a friend about Walk in Truth? We hope today's teaching will be a blessing and uplifting to someone you care about. Would you please encourage a friend or family member to listen to Walk in Truth on this station? If you're listening through your podcast app, please click the share button. Thanks so much for spreading the word about Walk in Truth. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word.
1: When we talk about entering by the narrow gate, we have an invitation from the one who said he's the way, the truth, and the life. And no one is coming to the Father except through him. And sometimes when we hear that, we're like, oh, man, that, that is really narrow. Yeah, that's the title of the message, right? The narrow gate. But that kind of bugs people. And they're like, oh, how can Jesus be the only way? I, I have a problem with what you're saying. And my response over the years has been, well, sir or ma'am, your problem is not with me. I'm the messenger. That's what Jesus said. Now, if you have a, a friend who's pushing back on Jesus being the only way, you know, that's not surprising, but what I would encourage you to say to that is that's what Jesus said. So, folks have to wrestle with what Jesus said about him being the narrow way. He is the gate, he is the door. And here's the beautiful uh, encouragement about that it is that Jesus Christ has provided a way. You know, God made a way for us to be right with him, even though we sinned against him. So, I think the fact that the way is narrow can bother some people, but there is a way, and that's something to celebrate. And Jesus paid an incredibly high price to make that way possible. Let us not forget that. And if you haven't met him yet, come through the door. The door is wide open, but you got to walk through it. Tell him, Jesus, I believe in who you are. I believe you've provided a way for me to be saved, and I'm going to walk through that door. I repent of my sin. Pray it if it's you. I believe that Jesus died on that terrible cross, rose from the dead, lived the perfect life I I could never live. Laid down his life for me. Save me, Lord Jesus. Cry out to him. Maybe you need to rededicate your life. Lord, I, I come home. You don't have to have perfect words, but start reading your Bible, get connected to a church, start serving, start living for the King and the Kingdom.
0: We appreciate our walk in truth financial partners. You contribute to our ministry broadcast and podcast as a thank you for your support we've created the walk in truth app you gotta check it out it's available in your app store if you'd like to become a walk in truth partner any amount is appreciated you can now give on the walk in truth app or visit walkintruth.com and join us monday for pastor michael's teaching in matthew 8 called the king that carries our burdens i'm mike Masaro, on behalf of pastor michael lance and living truth christian fellowship Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.